Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 91. Thanks for coming back to listen. A lot to talk about tonight. I don't think this is going to be necessarily a very long episode, um, probably like you. A little bit busy, uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, Halloween weekend, I have to figure out what I'm going to wear. No, I'm just kidding. But I look forward to seeing my uh, local parade, of course. But uh, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about, of course, uh, Portugal Liga B-Win, second division, uh, Taça da Liga news from this uh, week. And a quick wrap-up from last week, of course. Um, you know, the big news was, of course, the Taça do Portugal After two straight years of seeing the big three and Braga in the final four, we could potentially, worst case situation when the final match day is played in December, may only have uh, one of the big three advancing. And even Braga is in a bit of a uh, trouble, of course. The Tasa de Liga was being uh, played this week. This is a very busy time of the year where teams are pretty much playing Uh, at least the bigger teams in Portugal that are playing in European competition are playing pretty much almost uh, every three days. Uh, managers don't like it. They don't complain about it. But like I've said in a past episode, they've known about the schedule going back to, you know, August. You know, they may not necessarily know if they were playing on a Tuesday and Wednesday, but everybody knew that this week they would be playing at least uh, two matches But managers, unfortunately, are still not happy uh, with the schedule. But the Tasa de Liga did take place. Um, a lot of teams like Porto and Benfica making a lot of uh, changes. Sporting uh, played a lot of their better players going up against Familia Kong. But the situation is as follow. Benfica in what was undoubtedly the best match of the week in uh, Portuguese football with a 3-3 draw at Vitoria Guimarães. Uh, Guimarães uh, tops Group A with uh, four points. Benfica now... Going into the final match day, which is scheduled for December the 15th, but it could be the 15th, the 14th, or the 16th. They haven't announced it yet. This would be played the week after the last match day in the Champions League. So I would think that Benfica going into that match in December is going to play to win uh, big time, playing all their best players. But uh, my understanding is they need to beat uh, Covilla by at least three goals if they have any shot to advance. And... Um, the team they're playing in the second division is not having necessarily a great season. Um, they're sort of in 14th place in the second division. So Benfica would probably going to pull out a lot of firepower for that in uh, December. But uh, again, right now, uh, uh, Benfica with a lot of work to do. Guimarães uh, really in a good position uh, to possibly qualify. I don't think they've ever been in the final four that I know of, at least not in the last five or six years. But with the big fan base they have in uh, in Guimarães, you know, they average a lot of fans, uh, fourth biggest uh, club in Portugal with that. Uh, you know, having them in uh, Leiria would bring a lot of fans, even if they knock off one of the big uh, three. Uh, sporting, of course, we knew that um, the team that they were having trouble with uh, was Familia Gong, especially Ruben Amarim as a manager. But they took care of business and beat them, and now they go into that final match day in mid-December. Uh, basically, they just need a draw against Benefial, and if they do that, they will qualify. They've won three of the last four Tassas de Ligas, the League Cup. So Sporting, of course, wants to win uh, trophies because that's what uh, these clubs all want to do. It's all about winning sporting uh, trophies. And by the way, 
you know, I've mentioned I've gotten some people are giving me a hard time uh, with some emails, uh, DMs, Instagram, about the fact that I said I thought Sporting was the best team in the league. And now when you look at it, they potentially could be one of the biggest teams left in the Final Four. They're only, you know, uh, you know they're doing well in the Liga. Uh, they've had injury issues, and they've managed to survive, and they're still involved in all the domestic uh, competitions. So I think I, my prediction has been made right so far regarding Sporting. So they only need to draw in their last match, and um, I don't think that'll be too difficult against, against Benefial. Uh, Group C... Uh, basically, uh, Boa Vista leads it with three points, Braga and Passos de Ferreira with one point each. But the last match day features Braga playing Boa Vista. They'll be making the trip to the Vesa. And obviously, Braga needs to win. Boa Vista only needs a draw. Um, so that's uh, going to be how Group C works out. So you could see Boa Vista come out of that group. And then the final group, the biggest surprise of the week, of course, was Santa Clara defeating... Uh, Porto and um, you know it's always interesting with these competitions when you have clubs that'll get beat up by one of the big teams in, in the Liga but when they play a Taça de Portugal or a Taça de Liga in this case um, they always manage to pull off big surprises Santa Clara saying it's one of their best wins in history and they are uh, although they're finished uh, with the group play uh, basically, uh, right now, I think Rio Ave needs to score a whole bunch of goals against Porto and the Dragon to advance. I don't see that happening. So it looks Santa Clara with their new manager. looks like they'll be going to play in Lady in the Final Four. Their first time ever, I believe, in the Final Four. So that was the big news this week with the Tasa the Liga competition. And again, now that's going to kind of be put away in the... Um, in the cabinet, you know, store it away, and then nobody's really going to think about it again until we get to uh, December. And also a special shout-out last week in the Liga B win. Big win by Estoril, fourth-place team in the Liga, going to Portimonense and recording a 2-0 win away. Portimonense uh, has been a very good opponent this season, but Estoril is clearly better in a battle of fourth- and fifth-place teams, and uh, Estoril really deserves a lot of credit. And now... When we start to look ahead at the uh, schedule for the upcoming uh, week, we have an Estoril Benfica. By far, no doubt about it, the uh, best match uh, that is going to be coming uh, this weekend in the Liga B win. Uh, Porto will be at home to Boa Vista. Uh, Estoril Benfica, by the way, will be on Saturday. Porto Boa Vista will also be playing on Saturday, as will Sporting and Guimarães. Usually you do not see the big three all playing in the same day because the TV tries to uh, spread it out. But with European competition coming up this week, all three big three will be playing on uh, Saturday. Uh, Porto, if they beat Boa Vista this weekend, will complete one calendar year without a loss in Liga. Last year, I think it was around October the 31st, they lost at Passos de Freira 3-2. And since then, in Liga play... They have managed to basically not lose a bunch of wins and some uh, draws. So very good matches this upcoming Saturday with uh, Porto Boa Vista, Estoril, Benfica, and uh, Sporting, and uh, Guimarães. Uh, Guimarães, by the way, uh, pretty much sitting in uh, seventh place with 13 points. Uh, they're going to look to try to steal points in Alvalade. Uh, Sporting, again, um, 23 points, one point behind the leaders, Benfica. Um, you know, doing very well. You know, Pote is back. They've got the players that were injured that were back. Only Tabata right now is injured. So Sporting looking uh, really good. Um, and then Monday, you've got uh, Braga playing uh, Portimonense. And you've got Moreirense playing Passos de Ferreira. 
Um, and that'll all be uh, taking place this weekend. Another interesting match, by the way, on Sunday is a match featuring uh, the two clubs that have changed their managers this season. Um, and both of them, um, you know, had, uh, you know, decent results uh, last week. Uh, obviously, Santa Clara beating Porto in their most recent match. And Belenenses uh, Saad going uh, with their new manager going to Boa Vista and recording a uh, nil-nil draw. But those two teams will be getting together on uh, Sunday at uh, 1,800 hours. Uh, that game, by the way, will be back at the Jamor. Uh, of course, as you know, there's been a lot of pitch issues uh, with that stadium. It's where they played the Tasa the Portugal final, although they didn't do that last year, or I believe even the year before that. But Belenenses Saad, Bissad, as I like to call them, will be back home in their own stadium, uh, the ones that they rent at least, uh, to play Santa Clara in a battle of two teams with two different managers and could definitely be having building some momentum, especially uh, Santa Clara. And I'll have my predictions for you in a, a few minutes. Uh, the second division, of course, second division report now. And, of course, you have uh, by far, I think, the best match of this weekend, I think, is Leixões versus uh, Benfica B. Um, Benfica B this week, midweek, made up a match with uh, Varzim, beat them. So Benfica B right now, uh, Benfica's uh, pretty much a youth team, you know, players that they all play in that uh, second division before they come up and get promoted to the first. Uh, they are leading the way with 20 points. Yes, they can win the second division title, but they obviously don't qualify for uh, promotion, nor do they play in any of the other uh, domestic uh, competitions. Fadens and Rio Ave, uh, both of them are in uh, second place with 18 uh, points. Uh, Fadens last week, big loss at, uh, loss to Estrela Amadora. Uh, so that was a very disappointing result. And Benefial and Rio Ave played to a 1-1 uh, draw uh, last uh, weekend. And uh, so you've got Benfica B, 20 points. Fadens, Rio Ave with 18. And then Casapia is uh, in uh, next up in uh, third place with uh, 17 points. And uh, interesting schedule, by the way, with the second division this weekend. On Monday, it's uh, a national holiday in Portugal, All Saints holiday. And you've got Fadens Benefial playing at uh, 1,400 hours, early afternoon match. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, Academica and Nacional playing. They'll be playing at 1630, uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. Of course, All Saints holiday in Portugal, a day when people remember family, their families that have passed away, visiting the cemetery. Um, this is, of course, a big uh, religious holiday coming up on Monday uh, in uh, Portugal. Um, let me go with uh, my predictions. Last week, I was I made four predictions, and I was two and two. So now I find myself being correct 26 times. I have been incorrect 10 times. I am now down to 72% correct. My goal is to remain above 75%, which I think is a, you know, most people, when they have fun predicting, they try to be right at least 60% of the time. I'm going to keep a high standard with myself. Uh, but I am now below the threshold of 75% at 72%. Uh, last week, I predicted that um, Portimonets would beat Estoril. I lost. Estoril, of course, winning that 2 to nil. I predicted uh, correctly that Aroca, uh, Benfica would beat Aroca. Um, I actually, I was actually tempted to predict the score. If you heard last week, I said I'm tempted to say one nothing Benfica, but I think it's going to be three nil uh, Benfica. And Benfica did win on a very, very last second goal by Rafa uh, to defeat Aroca, and Benfica continues to maintain their first place 
uh, lead in the uh, Liga. I also predicted that Porto would beat Tundela, and they did. Tundela scored the first goal, but again, too much firepower at uh, Porto, and they managed to come all the way uh, back. And uh, I also uh, predicted wrong. Um, I predicted that Rio Ave would beat Benefial, and they wound up uh, drawing uh, last week. So that was uh, the uh, second match I uh, got wrong um, you know, last week. So my predictions for this week, and again, that's all they are is predictions, so don't take me uh, seriously. But um, I am predicting that Porto will beat Boavista 3-0. Uh, Porto, again, very ugly loss. Um, they've never won the Tasa de Liga. This is a, a competition. I'll talk a little bit more about the Tasa de Liga in a, in a few minutes, but... You know, obviously a black guy for them never having won the competition, but they will win the Derby this weekend, 3-0. Uh, Definitely, like I said, the best match of the weekend, Estoril-Benfica. Benfica will pull it out. I predict uh, a 2-1 win, a little short trip for Benfica to go play Estoril there. Beautiful Estoril right down the road from Casino Estoril. Very nice little casino there. Uh, Bisat, Santa Clara, again, battle of the uh, two new managers who've been with their teams now a few weeks. Uh, I'm going to predict Santa Clara will win in the Jamor 2-1 because I think if, if you beat Porto like you did this week and now you come back in the weekend playing the Liga and you can't be motivated enough to win, then um, that's bad. But I think uh, Santa Clara will be motivated enough to win. They've got a new manager, a new way of thinking. So I'm going to predict that Santa Clara will uh, win uh, over Bisa 2-1. And then the second division... I'm going to predict that Benfica B will beat Les Change, uh two to one, and uh, those are my uh, predictions uh, for uh, this upcoming uh, weekend. Um, to my fast and uh, furious segment, um, and by the way, let me also say when I talk about the schedule, I wanted to mention also next Thursday, Fernando Santos will be announcing his squad selections. Of course. We've got uh, this weekend, then we've got league play next weekend. And after that, bingo, the final two matches for the World Cup qualifiers. So next Thursday, Fernando Santos will announce uh, his squad selections. I believe right now, other than Domingos Duarte, whose injury that kept him from the most recent call-up apparently is a little bit more seriously serious. I think it's a shoulder injury. Uh, or an arm injury. Um, he's the only player I know of right now off the top of my head that has anything of a, of a serious injury that may uh, keep him uh, out. But uh, Fernando Santos will be announcing his squad selections for, uh, for the, you know, the next uh, two matches coming up, and that will take place uh, next Thursday. An interesting news, Ireland-Portugal match in Dublin. Tickets uh, sold out. Of course, everyone's excited to see Cristiano Ronaldo. But, of course, uh, Ireland loves the uh, Premier League. And, of course, Portugal's got a lot of players with the Premier League. Bernardo Silva, Juan Cotzel, of course, Bruno Fernandes, and, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo. So, apparently, ticket prices on the secondary market are crazy expensive. And it's attracting a lot of uh, controversy because I think there's some rules in Ireland about how many, how many, much money you're allowed to resell a ticket or, or something like that. I'm, I'm not really too familiar with the rule or you know, the regulations in uh, that, that country. But I think something like 238 to up to 377 euros, something like that is what some of the tickets are costing. And obviously a big part of that is uh, players like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. But plenty to talk about uh, next week when I'll do a preview with the uh, final uh, two uh, match days. Uh, big news also last week in that um, Boavista match last Monday, 
against uh, Bisad. Uh, Mariana Vaj was a Liga delegate at the match. She is the first female to work as a Liga delegate. A Liga delegate, by the way, is a very important position because you're kind of the person that's dictating everything. You're you know, working with the referees. You're making the teams come out on time. If not, you're writing the reports. Um, you know, you're making sure that everything goes to form, and if there's any wrongdoing, you're going to re be reporting it. But uh, Mariana Vaj, uh, for the first time in uh, Liga history, I'm assuming this is the first and second division, uh, we had a Liga delegate uh, work the match, which I think is uh, pretty, pretty uh, big news for Portugal. Of course, uh, you know, if you remember a few weeks ago, the, the uh, Europa match that Braga played last at home, that had a female referee... So again, uh, Portugal, uh, you know, doing some really good things with advancing, I think, some good causes uh, in terms of the Liga or Portuguese teams uh, being um, involved. Uh, other things to talk about, got to give a shout out to Bruno Gaspar, who's playing for uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. That's the team um, that, of course, features a Portuguese-Canadian manager in Santos. Uh, and that, of course, is also the team that has uh, Ryan Gold and uh, Bruno Gaspar with a very good performance uh, last week. So he seems to have been settled well there in the beautiful, beautiful Pacific Northwest. If you've ever been uh, to Seattle or if you've ever been to Vancouver up there in uh, Canada, very beautiful uh, part of the country. Nani scored his 10th goal uh, this week for Orlando City. This is, uh, I believe this is the last weekend for Major League Soccer, and then after that they go into the uh, playoffs. Of course, as you know, Major League Soccer's uh, format is nothing like it is in Europe. There are playoffs, and if you make the playoffs, uh, yes, you could win the championship if you win your matches leading up to the MLS Cup final. But last week, Nani with a nice goal, uh, Pedro Santos has been doing some great things with the uh, Columbus crew. Um, and then, of course, you've got Bruno Gaspar. So a lot of good Portuguese-related things happening uh, in uh, North America. Also in the news this week, uh, IFAB, which is the international organization that kind of oversees uh, football soccer rules, uh, just announced that they want to, or recommending that they want to keep the substitution rule uh, for football at five, of course, if you remember with the pandemic, especially when uh, teams uh, came back. And then not to mention last year when a lot of teams in Europe finished in the middle of the summer. And then, you know, everybody had to play a condensed schedule, not to mention their domestic competitions. And, of course, um, you know, you know, qualifiers for Europe, you know, things like that, you know, UEFA, things like that. Um, but uh, they, you know, the, uh, they managed to agree to allow it to be five. And Portugal has been on five ever since football returned after the uh, stoppage, you know, last summer. Um, but they're recommending that it stay at five. I personally think if you're a Portuguese manager, you're going to like this because we've seen a lot of conversations in Portugal lately from the managers such as Sergio Conceição about the fact that they're very worried about, you know, they're playing every three days, they're flying all over the place. And obviously, if you're in a position to use five substitutes, you could kind of, you know, bring in more fresh bodies into a match, whereas when you only have three, you're pretty limited. The only thing I'm concerned with, if that, in fact, does turn out to be something permanent in Portugal and they decide to adopt that, um, is the fact that, you know, history in Portugal up until you know, everything shut down in March 2020 was based on, in Portugal, I believe, always with three subs. 
Um, and now you're going to be bringing in uh, five subs. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. I, I, I've always been a three-sub guy. Um, that's just my opinion, I think. I think, you know, three substitutes, whatever they've been doing before this whole pandemic hit, I think is what they should keep doing. But I think in Portugal, I would not be surprised if you start to see Portugal keep it at five. I mean, again, this has to be agreed to by all the teams in the league. Um, you know, the topic at this time of the year, especially with the Tasa de Liga, is about the fact, like I said, with Conceição, JJ has touched on it as well, um, um, is the fact that, you know, these big clubs, European competition, Tasa de Portugal, the best players are being called up all over the world. So you've got these players and clubs literally, especially just the players in the international break, literally playing every three to four days. So maybe the five substitute rule, um, you know, is a good idea. The only problem is, is when we had this three substitute rule, everybody was still complaining about, you know, players having to play every three days. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I kind of am a traditionalist. I think uh, I, I like the idea of keeping it to the old ways because that's the way it was done for many, many years. But I'm not going to be surprised if in Portugal they decide to do five. And again, that was, I thought, um, you know, very, very big news that, uh, you know, came out this week. Um, regarding the fact that they're making that recommendation. And again, they, uh, IFAB, apparently, as I understand it, are the rule makers of uh, football, you know, of uh, soccer. Um, a few other things that I wanted to uh, touch base on uh, is that regarding Cristiano Ronaldo and obviously Manchester United last week, uh, you know, caught a beating uh, at Liverpool. You know, Liverpool just likes to beat, um, you know, Portuguese uh, clubs. And, um, you know, in my opinion, what's happening uh, with Cristiano now at Juventus and at uh, Manchester is he had all those great players at Real Madrid and all those play great players had tremendous synergy and they made things work. I just think right now with he, what he's managed to do at Juventus and now early on with uh, Manchester United, uh, I don't think it's, uh, you know, necessarily working out. Uh, big weekend. They, uh, you know, can't afford to lose. Otherwise, the cheers will uh, turn into uh, booze. Uh, one thing I wanted to, uh, well, actually two things I want to say for last. One is, um, you know, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but a quick word about the European competitions that will be coming up uh, next week. Um, it's been pretty painful for uh, Portuguese clubs in uh, the Champions League. Um, Liverpool had an ugly, uh, excuse me, Porto had an ugly loss to Liverpool. Uh, Sporting had an ugly loss to Ajax. Um, and, of course, Bayern, uh, Benfica had an ugly loss to Bayern. And all of those, by the way, matches were played in Portugal. Those were not away matches, so the Portuguese clubs still have to go away. Um, but um, it's been rough, I think, for the clubs. But the good news is they are still in it. Uh, Porto this week will be going to Italy to play Milan. Porto beats Milan. That, without a doubt, will eliminate Milan and at the very least, put Porto in the position, at the very least, to qualify for Europa. But if Liverpool can beat Atletico and Porto could beat Milan, then I think Porto, because Atletico still has to come to Porto, I think all of a sudden now Porto's got an opportunity for second-place uh, finish. I think it's very doable. So Porto really needs, in my opinion this week, the three points in Italy, and they got to hope that Liverpool beat up on Atletico um, I think that's going to be uh, very big news. Uh, sporting this upcoming week, they are going to be uh, playing at home against Betsiktas. Uh, sporting beat Betsiktas, and 
Sporting will minimally at least be in a good position to qualify for the Europa League. But interestingly, if Sporting beat Betsiktas and then let's say Ajax go to Dortmund and beat them, which by the way is what you want if you're a Sporting fan, uh, that would put Sporting level on points with Dortmund at six points. And then Dortmund still has to go to Portugal. And all of a sudden you put yourself in a position, you got Pote back, you got Galo Inacio, Mateus Nunes. Um, you know, hopefully nothing happens at the international break. And all of a sudden now, you got a shot for second place after starting so ugly with the ugly loss against the Ajax. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I think that's uh, going to be very interesting. So again, you want Sporting to beat Betsiktas, and you want Ajax uh, to also, uh, of course, uh, win. And Benfica, um, pfft, tough position to be in. Um you know, again, I watched that game against Bayern for 70 minutes. They were right there. And then in the last 20 minutes, it was like the wall broke open and all the water rushed in and they just got crushed. And now they've got to go to Bayern, uh, to Munich. Yeah, not going to be an easy result. I think the best result, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be tough. I think if Benfica could pull out a draw, that would be good. But even that, I think, might be tough to do. But I think for me... What you want of before Benfica is you want to see maybe Dynamo Kiev um, get the uh, three points against Barcelona, or you want to see them draw. And I think if that were to uh, happen, I think that would be a, a pretty good result. Uh, that match, by the way, is in Ukraine. Uh, obviously, Barcelona just made a change with their manager. They've got an interim in uh, place, at least at the time that I'm recording this uh, episode. So I think if you're Benfica, if you can't uh, get any points in uh, Munich, I think you want to be rooting for Dynamo uh, Kiev uh, because Dynamo Kiev also still needs to come and play in uh, Portugal. And I think if you uh, do that, that will be a result. And then uh, basically the one club that I think has um, managed to do very well in uh, Europe so far, haven't had any uh, embarrassing results, and that is, of course, Braga. Braga will be playing the Bulgarian team Ludogorets. Uh, basically the team from Serbia is in first place with seven points. Braga, six uh, the team from Denmark. Mid and by the way, I don't know how to pronounce these names, so I'm not even going to bother. Uh, they're with two points and Ludogorets with one. Uh, basically, Braga beats Ludogorets, uh, which, by the way, is how you do pronounce that name. And uh, then the other two teams, maybe they get a draw. Um, or maybe the team from Denmark wins. Um, you know, Braga would still be ahead of them by four points if they won and the team from Denmark won. So I think that's really the goal here, to see the Denmark, uh, the Danish uh, team uh, win. So uh, that, you know, it's always good to see, again, three teams in the uh, Champions League. A little painful. Let's just hope that won't be the case uh, next week now that we're heading into the uh, fourth uh, match day. So, um, you know, that's pretty much what we've got this week. Uh, Liga B win this weekend. Uh, Champions League next week. Um, Liga B win next weekend. Uh, Fernando Santos on Thursday will announce his squad selections. And then after that, we head into the international break with a very important match at uh, Ireland and a very important match at home in the Luge. That match was initially supposed to be in Alvalade, uh, but that got moved to Stadio de Luge. I believe it's because of the pitch conditions and the amount of matches that are being played in Alvalade. They just decided, the Federation, to move that match against Serbia uh, to the Stadio uh, de Luge. Uh, so that's a very interesting um, uh, situation for Portugal playing in a bigger stadium. And we'll see if they play in front of 50,000. I'd be curious to see that. Most of the stadiums in Portugal thus far have not been at uh, full capacity. In other words, there's still a number of people that are worried about going into a stadium with so many people. But at least 
there's unlimited capacity as long as, of course, uh, you wear uh, your mask. Um, one final word that I wanted to mention uh, came up to me the other day. Um, I'm not only somebody that follows my whole life, of course, the Liga and the national team, the Seleção, but I'm also someone that follows uh, Portugal very closely away from the pitch, uh, everyday life, the economy and politics. Uh, uh, as I'm doing this podcast, the, the uh, president of Portugal hasn't called uh, elections because uh, the parliament did not approve the budget. I'm not going to get into it. Politics in Portugal is even uglier than the rivalries in football, if you uh, could believe it. But one thing I want to say, if anybody works at RTP, I don't understand why RTP doesn't do, even if it's 15 minutes a night or 30 minutes a night on RTP International, or make it available on their website for anybody outside of Portugal to see in the English language. Why don't they do an English language podcast, um, newscast every day uh, much like they do the Journal de Noticias at you know at twelve or one, or of course the big news that uh, they do at uh, you know at twenty hundred hours, which by the way gets major ratings when uh, Seek DBI and RTP. Those are some of the highest rated programs in Portugal. Uh, why doesn't RTP do an English language broadcast? There's so much interest in people in the Portuguese culture, people that want to live in Portugal, people that are attracted to Portugal through football. I don't care why they don't do a newscast in English. Um, you know, I've seen it. France does that. I've seen it in Germany with uh, Deutsche Welle. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, I don't get it. So if you live at RTP and you want to get a raise and you want to maybe, um, maybe there's a jar in, this, in the work and it's a jar where you tell the president of the company your good ideas and they look at it, maybe you should drop that you know, in the mail and mail it to the president and say, hey, how come we don't have a 30-minute newscast every night so people outside of Portugal can watch the news, you know, especially for the many that are challenged to understand fully the Portuguese language, which, by the way, in that 30-minute newscast, guess what? Probably 10 minutes of it would be reporting on sports and uh, maybe you'd see some translations for the press conference. So something I thought about the other day when I was talking to someone and uh, they were telling me that, um, you know, that's how they, you know, they're from France um, but they've been living in America for a long time, but one way they stay in touch in France is that they're able to watch the news in English. And I remember thinking, why can't they do that in Portugal? But anyway, just a thought. Uh, folks, went a little bit longer than I thought. Um, as always, Anchor, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, it's all there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, as always, your support. You don't like what I have to say. Let me know. Um, again, this week, a little bit shorter. I want to just really touch on some of the bigger topics of this week. Folks, as always, please take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you next time. Ciao, everybody.